1: maybe it's just you're not enough for me can't you see i'm the kind of woman i'm supposed to be
0: Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from LGBTQ culture, sexuality, and sexual health mentor and coach Frank Strana. Look, we're here again together. I want to tell you about my week this past week. Why, why Dixie? Why? Why do you need to tell us about your week? I don't know, because I get letters from people who tell me that they love the Dixie Ramble, they love that I don't edit myself, and that I talk about what's really going on. I mean, I kind of feel like I should tell you great stuff. Everything's awesome. Life is phenomenal. But uh, it's not. (laughs) And I'm a terrible liar. So that's why I tell you the truth. I had a lot of plans this weekend. It was Easter weekend. And Easter is a high holiday in San Francisco because we have an event called Sisters Easter in the Park, which is one of the coolest events in San Francisco. I'm going to include a link to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is international but started in San Francisco during the AIDS crisis for people to take care of each other, raise money, support each other, and just do good in the world. That's part of what they do. They do a lot more than that. And a lot of my dear friends are sisters of perpetual indulgence the last time they had their easter event was in 2019 the last time they had it in person and that year i entered for the first time the foxy mary contest you know mother of jesus and uh my character was called motorboat mary because of course i rocked the cleavage i also held the vijankel and if you know the vijankel Maybe I should no. I was gonna say I should put it on Instagram, but they would definitely shut that down because it's a vagina in an ankle, and I have one, not a real one. <laughs> okay, all right. It really is a ramble this week, isn't it? I'm taking my dog Quake to the park on Saturday before I go work that evening at a friend's event. Polly Superstar, whose wedding I was just at, was in town doing an event called the Fuck Ball, and the Fuck Ball was this beautiful latex ball that you could have sex with. And um, I was going to get to have sex with it, but I was also going to help out at the front door because one of our friends had lost a parent and I was going to be a last-minute villain. I took Quake out in the afternoon, was going to give him a really good walk at the local park, and out of nowhere, he got attacked by six pit bulls. We were walking in the same place we always do, which is off-leash. Quake was off-leash. And he always kind of does a little you know, gets a little faster when he gets closer to the water fountain. St. Bernard's drink a lot of water. And at the water fountain was a group of dogs. And as he came up to them very friendly, uh, the six pit bulls who were standing there, who seemed friendly, all of a sudden turned on him out of nowhere and tried to get him down on the ground. Well, they succeeded in getting him down on the ground and proceeded to try and rip out his throat. Quake weighs 166 pounds. These dogs weren't nearly as big, but there were six of them, and they were very strong. And I ran over. They didn't have leashes on. I ran over to jump into the middle of it. I was able to help Quake get to his feet when they took a break for a second because they saw a human. And then I pulled him behind me, and I stood in between the, <laughs> the pack of crazed pit bulls and Quake, which was stupid. I should never have done that. But Quake's almost 10. Like, that's end of life for a St. Bernard. And I've been giving a lot of thought to Quake's death, and it was not going to go down like this. The owner didn't even seem to have any leashes, and uh, he yelled at the dogs, and I yelled at the dogs. And I'm really lucky that the dogs did not attack me. They really wanted Quake. It was obvious they intended to kill him. The good news is St. Bernards have really loose skin around their neck and it's really hard to get a good grip, I'm happy to say. So I canceled everything this weekend. Quake was really shook up. I was even more shook up. I just couldn't even imagine what it was like. You know, I was kind of in shock when it happened in the heat of the action. And when we got home and I took his collar off and I checked him out really carefully, I just lost it. Like Quake. Quake feels like the only thing I have left, and if I'd lost him, just realizing that that had been possible, that I could have lost him, really made me, you know, there was no way I could do anything. I couldn't enter the Foxy Mary contest. I couldn't go to the fuckball. I just stayed home with my dog, giving him everything he wanted, and being nearby. That's the main thing for him. Quake is incredibly bonded to me. He normally, in fact, right now, he's under my desk. So if you hear any panting, that's Quake. And I and I thought about what could have happened. There's so much what could have happened lately, isn't there? I'm watching so many people who are going through monstrous changes, things that are just coming out of the blue. And if that had happened, if I'd have lost Quake, that would have been the end of me. It really would have. I love this dog so much, I would have completely fallen off the planet. And I'm not doing that good at being on the planet lately anyway. So I had a weekend of consoling my boy and taking care of him, giving him only good experiences. I did not take him back to that park, even though it's the closest park to my house, and we go there all the time. But I figured I better take him someplace with better trained dogs. I also had to call the vicious dogs department, which I did not want to do. I mean, I'm a dog owner. I empathize with other dog owners. But if you've got six aggressive pit bulls and no leashes, you're doing it wrong. So, yeah, (laughs) that happened. Uh, I I realized the show is this Friday and all I want, all I really want is to see people in person. I feel so distant from the world. I mean, I'm home with the St. Bernard most of the time, other than when I'm on stage at a show. I've been trying to make up for more than two years of no human interaction. It's been tough. So if you're in the Bay Area and there's any chance you could make it to Body on Friday, please let me know. I would love to see you. This communicating through a podcast is great, but it's not the same as seeing your face and hugging you if you want a hug and... You know, I miss my community and that near miss with Quake really made me realize that I need to spend time with humans too. I need my community and I feel distant from them. So yeah. It's also a live stream, just in case you didn't know that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel like I'm really rattled and this ramble is making absolutely no sense. I apologize about that, but Uh, Quake seems to be okay. And I seem to be okay. We're both suffering from PTSD from it. And it's going to be tough on Friday night when I have to leave him at home. In fact, I'm thinking about taking him to a friend just so that he can have company all night while I'm at the show. So, yeah, let's get together on Friday. Quake will have a babysitter. That's where we are in life right now. My St. Bernard has a babysitter. What's the world coming to? Like a lot of you. I checked a lot of what was unnecessary in my life while the world was shut down, and I leveled up. I really needed a new mattress. And when I learned about Helix Sleep, I took their simple quiz, it took just two minutes, and they matched my body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. I ain't kidding, this thing's perfect. It's so tough to get out of bed these days. My Helix mattress is unbelievably comfortable. It is a huge upgrade over my old mattress. Everybody's sleep style is unique and Helix knows it, so they make it easy to figure out the right mattress for you. They have mattresses for spinal alignment, to prevent morning aches and pains, soft, medium, firm mattresses, and more. Helix even has mattresses with specialized cooling technology, if you and the rest of the people in your house can never agree on the temperature of the thermostat. I was matched with the Helix Plus for plus size sleepers and it is just right for my ample curves. And it's not just me. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews and was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So why not give them a try? They have a 10-year warranty and you can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. The mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free, and they'll even pick it up from you if you don't love it but I'm betting you will. Helix has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Just go to helixsleep.com Dixie, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and you'll be matched to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Just go to helixsleep.com D-I-X-I-E. Helix gets my highest recommendation. I love this thing. You deserve quality sleep too. So go to helixsleep.com Dixie right now for up to $200 off and two free pillows. Body Storytelling's live show and live stream is this week. It's on Friday, April 22nd, and we have some incredible stories for fingers crossed. It's the first time I've ever done that theme. I was very curious to see where people's minds went with it when it came to their own true personal stories of sex, kink, and gender. And this time we have stories from Mosa Maxwell-Smith, a member of the team here on The Body Podcast, Elizabeth Barlow, who you've heard on the podcast, Dolan Wolfe, and brand new to body, Brendan Taylor. And we inspired a new musical act. During the pandemic, while watching our live stream, Katie Cookie decided that they were going to learn to write their own body songs. And their very first gig ever is going to be at Body this week. So buy a ticket to the live show or to the live stream, because you can watch it wherever you are. There's a link to the tickets in the show notes, and I can't wait to be at Body with you. Spring is in the air. It's a time of new beginnings and a chance to reawaken your sexual energy with Like a Kitten. If you've ever visited a sex toy shop, you know the number of products to choose from can be overwhelming. It's even worse when you start online shopping. But luckily, Like a Kitten makes buying sex essentials a breeze. Like a Kitten offers subscription gift boxes. So each season, you'll receive a new shipment right to your door with all the ingredients you need to spice up your sex life. The people at Like a Kitten are expert curators, and they select beautiful pleasure products. This spring, you'll get a pink glass dildo, flowered glass kegel balls, and even a mini flower pot with seeds for daisies, sunflowers, and roses. The Like a Kitten box is so beautifully and discreetly packaged, and I get really excited when it arrives at my house, because yay for new sex toys to play with. The spring subscription box price is $79, which is a great deal, because the products in this box retail for well over $150. And Like a Kitten is offering Body storytelling listeners 15% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com D-I-X-I-E, or enter the code Dixie at checkout. Like a Kitten's mission is to help women own their power in all aspects of life. A portion of all sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. And that helps you feel good about feeling good. Act now to surprise your partner with a box from Like a Kitten. Just go to likeakitten.com Dixie or use that code D-I-X-I-E to get 15% off and free shipping. There's a link in the episode show notes. It's time for a story, and I want to introduce you to a friend of mine who does really important work. Frank Strona's vast experience in adult content mediums, LGBTQ culture, sexuality, and sexual health, coupled with his long background in public health, offers a unique perspective that lends him true credibility as a navigator of change. Frank serves as a voice for diversity, inclusion, acceptance, and health. He understands the power that being at the table as an out gay man has and knows how to leverage that power to make change for other LGBTQ people. A longtime local Bay Area sexual health specialist, Frank's been in active pursuit to improve, educate, and promote gay, bi, trans men's health and sex for most of his life. Frank reinforces that we as in LGBTQ individuals, have to be engaged and active partners of the development of services, and we have to be part of the delivery agents as well. As owner and lead strategic coach for MentorSF.com, he is providing agile and flexible training nationwide on adapting curricula for online learning, blogging, social media, and he helps answer the question, how do I tell my story? This storyteller is Frank Strona.
1: Thank you, boy. No pressure. The last one tonight, huh? Yeah. So, we, as as Dixie mentioned, we've tried to make our schedules work. So, so I, tonight worked for me. And there must be a theme going on, other than the traditional theme that you set, because there's a lot of talk about ass tonight. And I have to <laughs> say, I love ass. I have for years, and. I didn't realize how much I was gonna like it until I was 17 and happened to be coming here and I broke my bookstore cherry. Now, we'll talk about what a bookstore is for those of you who don't know, and by the end of the night, you will. (laughs) So, I'm well over my 50s now. I had been in the East Coast. I grew up in a little town that they like to call themselves outer New York. It's about as far as New York as you can get and still be in Connecticut. But, you know, Quinnipiac went from a college to a university, so now they're outer New York, whatever that means. So I grew up there, and my grandmother, who is a uh, kind of a, was a unique individual, we used to travel together. Now, we had been in New York City several times, 15, 16-year-old. We went to the shows and this and that, and, and we, I was always fascinated at Times Square about the bookstores. But, you know, I have my grandmother. It's not like I can say, S- hold a minute, I'm going to go check this out. So, you know, it's always in the back of my mind. Now, at 17, 18, I was a pretty functional male, meaning I fucked anything that moved. Man, woman, I don't really care. But there was always this fascination, and when I was kind of looking at my stories, I realized like, oh, everybody I fucked had a big butt. All the girls in school always were curvy. And my, you know, its just, that's what I was drawn to, and all the guys were often curvy. So. My, we were planning to go to Puerto Rico that year, and uh, my grandfather died. So she said, well, let's let's stay local. I said, okay, that sounds good. Now, why would a 17-year-old, somewhat sexually promiscuous, progressive, however you want to label it, I don't care, go anywhere with his grandmother? But you have to remember, my grandmother was not... Somebody, she was not Mrs. Claus, okay? She wasn't a cookie maker, she was not an apron wearing. This woman was tall and slim, and we affectionately called her the Dragon Lady. <laughs> she was opinionated, she was a smart dresser, she never let life dictate to her. She was from an era where she wasn't supposed to make money, she was a phenomenally successful businesswoman. Matter of fact, our memories, my sisters and I, our memories are she would be the one at the table opening up the wallet to give to my grandfather. So, and, and um, she tolerated very little. But we got on well, because she was always up for an adventure. She's also this interesting individual, is that her sense of propriety was very different than everybody else in the family. And I come from an odd family. I mean, the other side of the family, my grandmother got pregnant, Left the husband to move with my my now grandfather cross country lived for seven years before they actually got married and I only found that out when I was doing my ancestry stuff. so I come from a bit of an odd family to begin with for an italian american so we're here we we arrive we we get uh, we get to San Francisco for our treat, and I thought this is going to be good now, my grandmother played poker, so she was up all night most nights playing poker and Who was the one who got to make a dollar out of every hand by waiting, you know, making sure, brought the coffee or made sandwiches, empty ashtrays? Me. That's the money I was using for for being here. So we get here, and we decided to stay at the Sir Francis Drake. Now, that's like an icon. It was built in the early 1900s. It was, in its day, considered to be like the queen of the city. It's beautiful, and it's still kind of kind of cool. It's in Union Square. Now, if you've never been there, you know the hotel because you've probably walked by and said, what the hell are the doorman wearing? They've got these red pantaloons and an over jacket, a lot of really gold trim and a funky black hat. And oftentimes they put flowers around the hat. Well, that's called a beef eater. And it's actually from the UK and from France. And what I told was told that the original story is that's the uniform that the guards wore to guard the beef. All right, they've been a traditional restaurant. I thought about it in a different perspective, but okay. Uh, That works. So my grandmother and I are here now. She intended, she had a list. She wanted to do vineyards. She wanted to go to the casino. She wasn't really interested in museums. She wanted to go shopping. So we, I was 17, almost 18. I'm like, okay, we figured out what we were gonna do. So she also had this other irritating habit. She liked to nap. I don't get napping. I never got napping, but in retrospect, She played poker all night. Napping made sense for her. And her naps were very precise. Two hours. Kind of like my mother in her soap operas. My grandmother had a two-hour nap. So we got into that groove of being in San Francisco. We would do our thing, and then we would go for... She would sit down for two hours and have her nap. And I would go sightsee, or I would usually go to the record store. This was 100 years ago, so there were still records. And, um, you know, Amoeba had newer stuff then. So we were there, and... I noticed within a block or two of Union Square, there were several bookstores. Now, you know you're walking by an adult bookstore because you can smell it. It's kind of a little odd smell. It's not quite bad. It's not quite good. It's just sort of odd. And they never have open windows. The windows are always like somebody with really bad OCD patterns have decorated them in front because you're trying to not let people see what you're doing or who's in there. So I thought, oh, I'm gonna go explore one of these. I'm by myself, I, you know, I, was, I looked not much different than I look now except maybe my, my beard was black or it was thinner and I had more hair. But I was big, big and I looked older so I could pretty much pass for 21 when I was 12. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was fun. <laughs> Club 54 in the parake- parakeet lounge was really fun at night. So we, I'm going in, and I walk in, and I'm looking around. And So the bookstores, if you've never been in one, they have, in the old days, they have them now, they're not quite, now they're more like superstores, so they're really just videos and toys. And most of the toys are really bad toys because they're made by men for to be used on women, and they don't last very long, so it's not a place I would recommend buying sex toys. But back then, that's really all you had. And they would have VHS tapes, those of you who don't know what those are, Google it. <laughs> and you walk in. So I bought, you know, the obligatory, I'm going to buy a porn mag. Figure out, you know, at the end of the trip, I'll throw it away. And then I saw it in the back, the black door, which in this case was a black door with a, a, a drape. And it said, no entry without paid admission. Video arcade. So I'm watching guys go back, there they go, and they pay $5. Now, bookstores in the old days used real tokens, and the tokens always had like this curvy lady on it, and they were about the size of a quarter. And I still have a bag of them. My mother just moved out of our family home for the last 50 years. She sent me a, a Ziploc bag, and she goes, I found these, I don't. I think they must be your father's. <laughs> That's where those went. And now you go to a bookstore and they're coupons. You actually buy, you know, like electronic coupons or some you just pay entry. But back then, you, the, the idea, and they would have people yell, quarters please, gentlemen, because they wanted you to be buying to stay there as long as you could. So I watched. Okay, so that's what you do. So I went and I gave them my $5 and they gave me five tokens. And I went back. Now, in the back, in these video arcades, it's sort of like a dark, musky labyrinth with a bunch of doors. And I'm sure they've used it in movies for that same look. So I'm walking through and I'm watching how the guys are cruising each other. And I realize, I open up one of them, they've got a hole in a wall. And then they have a video monitor. And they have, a, well, sometimes they have what they call a buddy screen. And that's where you can actually pay money and the screen will open so you could look at each other. So I go in one, I drop my money. And I'm thinking, this is kind of hot. And I look up and I hear somebody come in the next door. Like, oh, okay, this is interesting. He puts his money in the token, in his machine, and it gives you just enough light where you can kind of (laughs) do, or if you have good knees, you can crouch. And I see an, an eye looking back at me. So I step back a little, like, ooh, what am I gonna do? And The next thing I know, I figured out why they call it a glory hole. And I also figured out I knew instinctively what to do with buttholes. I was faced with this beautiful butt spread right there. That little pucker looking dead center. And I'm thinking, I know what it's gonna be. Now I'm 17, okay? I, you breathe on me and I'm gonna get hard. I need no extra incentive. So, but being a gentleman, because I was taught to be a gentleman, a spit in my hand, you know, grease up my dick a little bit and I step forward. Now, they're not real walls, by the way. You push on them, they push back. So I lean. And you know, being a gentleman, I was always told to knock. So I just rub my dick up and down his hole. And I'm looking for the sweet spot. And those of you who've never experienced butt play, you should figure it out because it's actually quite nice. And there is a sweet spot where you just get there and the, the kind of moves, and then you push. Now. Buddy-hole sex, or, or glory-hole sex, is a little different than regular sex in a bed. It is not about slow passion. It's about shove it in, shove it hard, and shove it deep. When you're receiving it, you're going to wait. And once it's in, you sort of squirm, because you're bracing your hands like this against the opposite wall, and you're sort of impaled, so you got to get braced. you got to get your legs crotch, crotch you know, you got to get ready. And then, when you're behind him, and you've got this, like, two-inch wall... Then you know, start thrusting, start fucking. So I'm like, okay, this makes sense. So I'm fucking, well, you know, maybe, I don't know how long it was, three, four, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it was. I, I know I'm gonna come. So I do my business. I, it was the good one too. You know guys where it feels like you're pissing at the same time and just kind of, oh, this is what women talk about with those rhythm things. So I pull out. And I'm fascinated because the video's still playing and I see this little squirt to come right at his butthole. And I completely un- unchecked my own behaviors and I take my finger and I'm like, oh wow. The minute I touched his asshole, nature took his course and he pushed and it squirted all over my hands. <laughs> now remember, I'm 17, I'm thinking, oh, I got more lube. I'll just jerk off again. I had five, five men, five different assholes, and I figure I had another hour and 20 minutes, why not take advantage of my $5, right? So five men later, I go back, and I went there, see we were here for two and a half weeks, I think I went one and two times a day for that whole time. I love those naps now. Well, it was toward the, the third week as we were getting by, and I, my um, grandmother said, I'm going up to the vineyards. I'm like, no more vineyards. I'm going to go to the Asian Art Museum. And she goes, okay, that sounds good. Walk me down, Blue and Gold Tours is the tour bus system in San Francisco, which was down the street. So she said, walk me down in the morning, wait with me, and then go back and do what you want to do. So that works out. Went back. I get back to the the Sir Francis Drake, and if you've never been there, that has a nice little entryway with several steps. And the Beefeaters are there, and they greet everybody coming in. It's a little unnerving, because it's like a little too much of your own business, but okay. But as I'm walking in, and we had Walkmans back then, no, no phone music, you know, we had the yellow Walkman, you remember those? So I had my little Walkman on, my shorts, you know, the whole thing, and uh, this this Beefeater, the doorman, hands me a little piece of paper folded up. I didn't think anything of it, I thought it was a note to my grandmother or something, you know, important. So I'm opening it as I'm walking through the doors up the steps, and it says, and I still have it, it says, 1.30 this afternoon, here's my address. I'm tired of you fucking me every day this week and my back is sore from bending over in the bookstore and you've stained three pairs of my pants. (laughs) So, So... And only if you know about cruising, I looked up and by now he was walking some people out of their limo into the hotel and we caught each other's eyes and it did that knowing nod, you know, that very barely perceptible nod. And I'm like, five hours later, I was in his apartment, which was two and a half blocks away from the hotel. And well, let's just say that's a whole new storyline it created in my life when I got back to Connecticut. So that's my story tonight.
0: song was hot love by leisure free live streams are one of my favorite ways to thank my patreon supporters and i want you to join our community too so that each month you'll get a free live stream ticket to our live body storytelling in san francisco if you join us on patreon no hopping on a plane is necessary i've worked really hard to bring our critically acclaimed show to you right there in your own home And your support in producing Body Storytelling's live streams, live shows, and this award-winning podcast can help me meet goals. Goals like reaching more people with sex-positive messages and education. I want everyone to have access to the sort of acceptance and love that they've found here at Body. I want to reach people wherever they are to tell them that whomever they love, whoever they are, they're not wrong. There's a place for you, and it's here with us. And I'd love to hire some support so I could spend more time with listeners like you. I want the time to do what I do best, connecting you with the life that you dream of. So by signing up for Baudi's Patreon at the $10 level or higher, you can get a free live stream ticket. Just ask for it. Not to mention that we've done a lot of live streams. And do you know where those live streams live? Those replays live on Patreon. So not just the upcoming Baudi live stream, but all the past live streams too. Join now to get your monthly free live stream ticket and support our life-changing mission of self-love, knowledge, and empathy. Go to patreoncom slash body and become a member now. I have an important ask for you. Not ask, ask. Could you subscribe, rate, and especially review this podcast? It means that new people find us and that's an important part of Body getting out there in the world and changing it. And I want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Mosa Maxwell Smith, Donal Mooney, Ruben Tan, Joe Moore, and podcast producer Roman Den I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Della Tour. This has been episode 222 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. A big, big, mm mm-hmm.